Thanksgiving, y'all. Not. Psych, I am celebrating, though. I will not front and act like I'm not. This is Ain't Nobody Checking For Me. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. And I'm Cody Wilkins. Cody, please tell everybody who it is that you are checking for. You know, this evening I'm checking for my family um, because, you know, it's the the time of year where you're supposed to think about family and and be thankful for things. And I'm very thankful for them, but I need them to be thankful for me. I'm checking for them. I need them to be thankful for me because I, as you know, broke a lot of rules recently to to get in a car and drive my ass through Mm -hmm. the flaming, like, post-election, nearly went to race war, pandemic, having... Like definitely probably some drunk drivers between Pennsylvania and Ohio doing road trip to get back to the crib to lock in for Thanksgiving and 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 I'm not even gonna be able to have my choices yeah right. you know what I'm saying right no it's true me and Cody should be canceled we uh, directly defied the CDC which is why I'm hoping that the CDC isn't checking for me um, and went ahead and thought we were fucking special and uh, rented a car and drove through uh, three of the most boring states you could ever uh, imagine driving through actually Pennsylvania was decent Ohio is maybe a piece of shit. Oh, and we just lost any Ohio fan I we maybe had. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, any day now the CDC is about to knock down my door, wave in the 4-4 in my face, and just uh, arrest my ass. JK, they won't do that. And that is part of our problem as a nation. Uh, yeah, so, but but we arrived. We're here safe and sound, right, Cody? Yes, absolutely. We got it cleaned up. And then we said, CDC, you later. Room. And here we are now. We did. We took two tests each. We took two tests, each of us. Um, and, and we made it. It was really funny driving in to see that Mayor Lori Lightfoot had, uh, put up a sign, you know, as you're driving under the bridge, uh, saying, you know, if you're coming from a different state, make sure to quarantine for 14 days as if Chicago isn't the epicenter. You know what I mean? I'm like, make sure this entire city is quarantining for me. Um, I would say it was a successful, um, illegal road trip. That's done. What's done is done. But what isn't done is the introduction into who it is we are checking for, which is a very, very special guest. We can't wait for you to meet him, but you're going to have to wait until after the break. We'll be back. You guys, once again, it is a family affair here on Ain't Nobody Checking For Me because we have the one, the only Trevor Wilkins in the virtual studio, or as he was known to me back in high school, Cody's cool older brother who may or may not say hi to me in the hallway. I can't hold it against him, Rach, you know, he, uh, Trevor was a popular guy in the hallway. He was. I would never hold it against him. Um. That's Trevor is my older brother. He's also so long as my mom's not uh, listening. My person. Uh, let's talk about what he's done. He 
has hustled in college. He started his own business. That landed him on the Forbes 30 under 30 list a few years later. He's dipped his toe in venture capital, which, to dumb this down for listeners, because I just learned what venture capital was five minutes ago, is getting big money for little businesses. So, Trev, tell us in your own words, what exactly is it that you do? Um, I am, I work in tech at large. And to narrow that down, I lead growth for a healthcare innovation hub called Scale Health. Um, essentially, what that means is that I help, I work at a company that helps healthcare startups uh, do better and help more patients. Um, so I'd say my career thus far is like really yielded me towards operating. Like I love building companies. I, um, you know, I think I feel lost in like kind of traditional corporate settings. It's kind of like, I, I, I lose, I lose motivation or I, you know, I don't see like the bigger goal. Like I, for what, you know, for better or for worse, like I like it to be hard. Like I like there to be big, um, issues and, you know, I love to critically think. And I think technology, uh, and the abilities that, that come with it and that are coming with it are like, it's truly fascinating to me. And I get, I got really, really lucky, um, falling into this space because I, I did not know what I was about to do. And I've just kind of like, Cody, you've seen it like firsthand, but I feel like my family always jokes and calls me like the black forest gump because I have just been able to kind of fall upwards into certain scenarios. Um, like don't have a technical bone in my body. Um, working at, you know, I've led a tech company, I've invested in tech companies, leading growth for a tech company, um, don't have a medical bone in my body. Um, and I am now like knee deep in it, talking to folks in healthcare innovation, you know, on any given day, like. You're like the Nick Cannon in Drumline of <laughs> the tech industry. You <laughs> not read music at all. Oh, wow, that's classic. <laughs> 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 wow, not in the slightest. Yeah. Not the, sometimes, I, sometimes I mess with engineers and I'll come over and look at code and just look really puzzled. And like, act like I'm about to say something and point at the screen, like, never mind, I'm gonna let you do, I'm gonna let you do your thing. And then just like, <laughs> wait until they realize, like, I don't know what I'm talking about at all, like at all. Man, I, I got so, I got so many follow-up questions. First of all, I'm really glad that, uh, that you went ahead and explained in your own words what you do because, well, first of all, I just kind of <laughs> learned about what you do from Cody and then me trying to replicate that for the podcast was a little bit like- right trying to write a book report on the novel you didn't read. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like yeah. paraphrasing the back of the book and hoping you're giving new information. Yeah. Um, so it was. it's great to hear it from the mouth of the source. I'm curious, what does it look like to be checked for in your specific arena these days? Yeah. Um, in my specific arena... I think I'm checked for often because I think that I have made a point to be checked for mm. because my experience has been in the startup world. It's been in small groups. So it's very like, you're always being checked for. And like a lot of times it's like, you're being checked for the shit you don't do. And so oh, or you wow, can be, that's, a, that's a, that's a new game, right? Like me and my first, my first company, it was me and my partner and some interns. So we're talking every like we're talking every day. I'm in this person's face. They're in my person. They're in my face. Y'all were in the same room. I mean, like windows closed. 
No mask? Man, that was, yeah. Back in the day, it was a crazy time, man. You know what I mean? We used to, we used to shake hands and all that, too. So, yeah, sometimes hug, man. It's crazy, bro. Uh, but no, yeah. We So everything was like, you're being checked. And I think now I'm just in a position where like, I love my team. Like, they're great. Um, small team, 10 folks, but they really give me the flexibility to come in and do what I want to and, and need to. Now, that being said, to whom much is given, much is expected. Like, there's 10 of us. I'm leading growth for this whole company. So, like, to a certain extent, like, there, is, there are pressures there. Like, if we go in the wrong direction, like, it's the direction you chose. So, you know. Trev, sorry. When you say leading growth for this company, I kind of understand. Um, can you clarify? Does that mean when you say leading growth, are you talking about building out more, like, product stuff, more service stuff, leading growth in terms of, like, going out and finding funding for the business or is it all under that umbrella it's it, it is kind of all under that umbrella so like at some point some you know uber started out here in los angeles at some point they hired a director of growth that said i am going to make sure that everything that we do here from a process standpoint from you ordering an uber to you tipping your uber driver when you get out is and what's been repeated over here you know in this small arena in los angeles I'm going to come in and make sure that this is done properly in every city and nick and cranny around the world. So that's kind of what my job entails, looking at all the different parts of the company, um, setting goals for where we want to go, and then kind of working backwards to make sure that uh, everything that we're doing is going towards those goals. Cody, I feel like we could use a director of growth. You want to come work for this podcast? (laughs) We'll pay you in uh, words of affirmation. Um, oh, no, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're speaking my language. Well, now you're speaking right. my language. There we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you can't tell, Trevor takes his job pretty seriously. You know, you have him, you give him a directive, and he, he's putting his running shoes on. He's going to chase it down. Trevor, you've really given us a great breakdown of kind of the, the structural work that, that your team does and you all do as a business, but I want to kind of get down to talking about the more individual work you do. Specifically, I'm talking about when you were an entrepreneur mm-hmm. pitching, mm-hmm. Uh, getting up on stage in front of X amount of potential investors with a PowerPoint behind you and a suit on and being like, guys, I got this story about this business that's going to rock your world. And I, you know, I did stand up. I, I knew when I told a joke, if people laughed, it was good. How did you know when you were on stage pitching that you were doing any well? I think the short answer is like you see people's body language. You see them leaning in. <laughs> you see, uh, I'm laughing because I've been in situations where people have not been checking for me. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, you see them leaning in. You like the questions are just different. Like the questions are very uh pointed in a scenario like if you're pitching to investors and having been an investor like i understand like kind of both sides of the have a, have a better understanding of both sides of the game been a founder far more for longer than a, an investor but um you know you start kind of putting yourself like a good pitch is if you got a check to write like it's going to put you in the mindset of like okay how can i help or how is this going to give me my money back so then you start like asking questions around the unit economics you start asking questions around competition or what's going to mess this up. Your mind goes there. If you don't, if you don't care, then it's like, all right, cool. Like, what's your marketing, man? Like, what's your go to strategy? Go to market strategy, or like, you don't ask questions at all. Um, I've been. I, I went to a pitch once 
with two black men that were like 15 years my senior. And I'm thinking like, oh, like I'm hot right now. I'm going to Vegas. Like I got just one, I think it was like 75 grand or something like that. Now we're going to, you know, now we're going to talk to these investors. (laughs) One of these dudes didn't even look up from his phone. And then about, and then about halfway through the pitch gets up and says, all right, man, like this has been great. Have a good one. Walks out. There are three people in the room. And like, they were all black men. So you talk about like anybody checking for me, like that was kind of like the shit that would kind of get up under me. It was like, yo, if anybody's going to listen to this pitch, it's going to be you, man. Come on. But it'd be your own. It'd be your own. All your skin folk ain't your kin folk, you know? Apparently. Yeah. So that happened. And then it was, yeah, that happened a couple of times, actually. Was Next that the my, last time you didn't feel checked for? Was that, was that, or is that like the most recent example of like, damn. That's my, that's probably my most recent example. But I think because of those examples, that was like years ago. That was like, right. at this point, probably like four or five, five, six years ago. But at that point, but that put it in me like, oh, this shit will never happen again. This will not happen again. You bomb up there one good time and and you're going to figure it the fuck out. Right. <laughs> I ain't never going to tell that joke again. And so I think it's been like just to a, and I think like I was younger and I also like, you know, I think that, you know, when you're younger and full of more emotion, like you just have more emotion and just like shit can just throw you off a little bit more. And like, I think to that extent, you know, later in my career, I've understood like what it means to like to show up and be somebody that people want to check for. And it's mm-hmm. being, you know what I'm saying? It's being moderately aggressive because um, I am still a black man. And it's being like on time and everything. You're not even like showing, like, I mean, say showing up, not on time, like just showing up, just be somebody you can be like, that's reliable. Like, right. And people will check for you. And if they don't check for you, it doesn't fucking matter because you're so reliable that you got your own shit. Wow. I mean, you have, it sounds like you have lived many lives um, in the last <laughs> 10 years or so. <laughs> Uh, and I'm really, you mentioned briefly starting a company. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd love to like talk a little bit more about that process. First of all, name of your company, Kudzu, right? I'm saying that right. Um, you know, when you're about to say something and you're like, fuck, do I know how to pronounce this right? Then the panic sets in. It's like, yeah, Yeah. always. Um, so yeah. What brought that idea into your brain and what was the process of bringing it to life? Yeah, for sure. So I started Kudzu in college because I had a terrible GPA and I didn't think anybody was going to hire me and I didn't really work well in working environment and started up this idea at first to show kids like what college looked like. And then it turned into like an application, like application for a scholarships website. And we realized like nobody's going to do that because people don't care about scholarships until you really got to care about scholarships. So we ended up kind of putting an incentive around it, around looking at these scholarships. And we said, okay, well, this is actually better for grades at large. And the impetus for this came from the, from, from the, our household. Um, you know, Cody, my, my sister and I, excuse me, we were rewarded for grades growing up. And I think, you know, I'll talk to my parents now and they're just like, you guys are just kind of, and for me, and 
for me personally, they're just like, you didn't really have any motivation. Like you're a smart kid. You just didn't, you were lazy. And mm-hmm. I think that's to a certain extent, like a good amount of us, right? Like, um, and so they paid us $10 for A's, $5 for B's. We paid $20 for every C that we got. And oh, wow. they were, yeah, and they were also kind of crazy. So there wasn't too many C's going around. Um, but we all ended up going off to good schools. And when I got to these, when I got to my good school, I was just like, these people are like no smarter than the people I grew up with. Mm-hmm. They just have better opportunities or better connections. And yeah, it, it just really messed with me over like those, those my tenure at Princeton. And I wanted to build a program. You know, I always wanted to bring my guys because I was just like, yo, like this is not that hard. Like I know these cats would, or not even that this shit is not that hard. It was definitely hard at times, but it was just like, once I got an understanding of it, I was like, oh, anybody, not anybody could do this, but like all oh, my guys can figure this one out. Right. Like it would be hard, but you know, and I figured, and I found like the, the point of, you know, the point of uh, the bottleneck of it was, was just kind of motivation. You know, none of them had really been pushed like I've been pushed and, or not as many of them have been pushed as like I've been pushed. And um, I think having the opportunities that I had in front of me, like weren't really necessarily placed in front of them. And so, you know, this was a platform where I'd say, or you kind of give a, uh, we were kind of giving students this carrot and leading them to more opportunities. And I uh, did that, started that, yeah, in 2011 or 12, 2012. Before you graduated. Before I graduated. So, yeah, we, we started off in college, uh, won like a couple of pitch competitions, like, like a hundred grand. I think we won like 150 grand before we graduated or something like that. And like, I was, yeah, I was like playing football for like half of it too. And I was just like, I was getting injured. I wasn't starting. So like my senior year, I was just like, and we suck. My senior year, I was just like, I'm, I'm about to go build a business. And so, and I think that was the last time I was like really like working in a group mm-hmm. like scenario. And like, I just remember being in it. Like they blew a horn once to go get to go get water like i'll never forget like they blew the horn like i saw everybody like wipe their heads off at the same time and then like go to the water hole and then they blew the horn again and then they went back to practice and i was just like i feel like a cow right now right like i'm not doing this and so took, took the took the uh took kudu way more serious and then um you know, after graduation, we were able to raise like over the over five years we raised over like four years we raised like two million dollars. Um, got like half a million students on board, hundred eighty five from hundred eighty five different comp- countries. Um, and uh, yeah, made the Forbes list, and that was all cool. I'd say the Forbes biggest thing- thirty under thirty for anyone who missed that thirty, 30 under thirty did that. That was, and that was, you know. Talk about checking for you, like literally. Right. Hard. I like I, it's, it's really hard for niggas not to check for you when you you thirty or thirty. Now you keep doing that shit at thirty one. It's like, all right, bro, like we get it. Like, so I don't, you know, I don't like. I think when I turned thirty, like I took it off my LinkedIn. I was just like, I'm not, you know, doing this no more. But you know, before that, yeah, it was definitely a. Uh, I mean, and still today, like when people bring it up. Trev, I want to ask you because you know you just talked about raising. $2 million and being Forbes 30 under 30. And I feel like we got to stop and, and clarify because I think back to the time between when you left college with Kudzu and were named Forbes 30 under 30, I think, what were you, 26, 27 years old? 26. So there were four years 
where I was sleeping on your futon in that tiny railroad apartment uh, in Bushwick. Yeah. And it didn't feel like you had $2 million, bro. It, it didn't feel like... <laughs> I don't remember thinking to myself, man, we're, we're really breaking we're rolling in, in right it. now. So, I, I know the story, but I'd like for you to clarify to people who are have a yeah. question mark on their foreheads. Like, where's all that money going? Directly back into the business. Yeah. Okay. So then how are you paying your rent in Bushwick? So we... We gave ourselves a we gave ourselves like a very conservative salary, which is why I was in a railroad apartment. Um, and it was to pay for development. It was to pay for rewards that we had coming out the gate. Um, it was yeah, salaries, et cetera. Um, and it wasn't all at the same time. So it wasn't like we didn't get two million dollars out the gate. It was fifty K here, one fifty there, three hundred you know, two hundred there, and really kind of put the you know, continue to put the company to great heights um quite frankly yeah and like that to that extent like it, we, we didn't really have the luxury to slow down when we got the forbes thing because it was like all right now that we got this we got it we're trying to raise more money we're trying to get more people on board with this thing like i remember when my partner called me my first thing i was like so okay how much does that pay right like, you got a 30 under 30 i was like okay how much does that pay oh well they don't pay us. all right cool well, they don't pay forbes doesn't no. give you any bread for that I'll say this, I cannot put a dollar amount on the social capital that it provided. Right. Well, there's that. So it did it definitely did help raising more money. It helped getting more uh more kids on board, more students on board. Uh helped with our bottom line overall. Um and like, yeah, it was a it was a fantastic experience. Like I was able to go to uh Israel off of it. Like right. I don't think I ever would have gone there. Like I've been able to like meet some fantastic people. I sat down with Jessica Alba before. Mm. Um, Sweet. I sat down with a lot of other great people too, but she's the one that came to my mind. But no, it, yeah, it just put me in like a lot of, it put me in a lot of like really cool rooms like I never would have been in. Um, and I think that was kind of my eye, eye opening. It was like, you get into those rooms, you're like, all right, if these people are going to check for you, you really, really got to right. be on your shit. So Rach, I feel like when we talk about getting checked for, it's this really awesome feeling because people are paying attention. We did a thing, we're liked, and we're entertaining. But Trev, the way you're describing being checked for feels like you got a million <laughs> people hanging over your shoulder, looking at your screen, making sure you only got the email tab. But you know, it's like you right. got to be on yeah. and cues all the time because if you are not, then that raises the flag, and it's like, oh, check, he's slipping. Like that's so different. It's such high accountability. Yeah, I'll say this, like. I think I have a a very unique experience in the tech world as a person of color or as a minority at large. Um, I hear the stories um, from my friends and from my colleagues about, you know, putting together different products or putting together certain, uh, you know, putting together certain things for their company or taking very, uh, taking initiative on certain things and like just not being acknowledged. Right. And or, you know, it just goes or it, it just doesn't mean anything or they get there that, you know, they get passed over so for some white counterpart, whatever it mm -hmm. might be. Um, and so, yeah, like I think that. And I think to a certain extent, like on the other, like I kind of sit on the other side of that in the sense that, like, I think part of what fuels me is like, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, they're, they're going to stop checking for me. Right. right so it's right. like. So I guess like I've been checked for 
and, and now, now that I have been checked for, I must deliver consistently. Right. Maintaining, maintaining the, the checkery, right. right? Yes, exactly. Maintaining the checkery. So, like, I guess this is what it looks like kind of on the other side. Like, I'm definitely still, I'm definitely still moving and trying to advance in my career. Like, by no means am I like, yeah, like, this is what it looks like when you made it. Like, not at all. But, like, that being said, like, I think I've gotten into a scenario where, like, I'm checked for to the point and validated to the extent that, like, I have wanted to be at this, like, given where my career has, how it's gone and, like, where I've been. And, like, now it's like, all right, well, you have to continue to provide value if you're going to get to that next level. Get into that next level. Yeah, I'll call you when I, I'll call you when I get there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll let you know. So now we now we know you know the Trevor Wilkins we know and love he is a man that is in demand okay but I want to know who is it that you are checking for currently who am I checking for um God this is that's a great question Rach that's a great question um I try like I think you know my my experience at, at Princeton and my experience building could do is always kind of put this mindset for me is like bring the guys and that is a euphemism for bring my people right it's not just the mm-hmm. guys bring the girls bring right. everybody bring the people mm-hmm. um to that extent i have kind of always tried to put myself in different groups or scenarios where we can kind of understand like understand like i'm in a lot of rooms that like a lot of people who look like me won't be and I, so i can open the door right right so um Two examples. One, I, uh, I lead the chapter for Black VC here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And so our entire focus is a nonprofit started out of um, out of the Bay um, by a friend of mine, Frederick. Um, he, he, Frederick and a couple other folks, they, you know, Black VCs, you know, they're not Black creatives, clearly. Um, they are, they, so it, it is a group that focuses on building pipelines for African people of color, black mm-hmm. folks to get to um, the VC world, to invest in startup companies. So doing that, um, trying to get more and more folks uh, jobs in the, the VC space, um, part of a couple of groups that kind of shares jobs among, in the tech space amongst black folks. Um, and then I think it's intentionality as well. Like I, uh, And then like intentionality in the day-to-day, like uh, a teammate of mine, like I'm super fortunate in the sense that like my team is not only diverse, but they embrace diversity and demand diversity. Um, and so I really appreciate that. And like to that, that extent, we have a, there's a, a young woman on my team who is a secretary at the moment, but she's been getting more and more responsibilities. And I think in part because me and uh, another Black lady, black woman on the team have been like, yo, we gotta like bring her along. Like, mm-hmm. and she's she's extremely she's smart, she's capable, she shows up on time, and that is why we want to bring. We were like, we gotta bring her along because right. you're doing everything you need to do. But unless we see you or somebody else kind of says like after a while, like yo, you're doing your thing. Like you have to be intentional with this shit if we're checking for people. So yeah, that's that's a couple ways of doing it. Nice. And well, look, you, you, you got to pay it forward. And, and that's a, an honorable thing you do. Uh, now, Trev, you've kind of kind of crossed the starving artist entrepreneur picket line here into a, a, a real job. Um, but I know you haven't 
give I know you haven't given up the building bug. So real quick, before we get out of here, why don't you tell us the next thing that you want people checking for from you? Next thing I want people checking for from me uh, is a platform called Up Next. Um, it's out right now. It is a music marketing platform for art for music artists. Um, essentially, we have a platform that allows you to engage with your fans at a at a deep but casual way. The way we set it up is that we have different contests that we pair music and questions for this specific artist. We then wrap that into a nice, pretty URL a link that they can put on their bio. They can put you know, on their subscribe here links on their YouTube, they can post it wherever. Um, and then fans engage with it. They answer questions. They give feedback on songs and in order to win a reward from said, uh, from art, from said artists. So it incentivizes people. Um, they are able to, they leave their phone numbers or their email addresses and we continue that whole loop. So, Up Next is out right now. We just launched this web app platform. If you know any artists, if you are an artist trying to get at your, uh, get, connect with your uh, fans deeper, get at me. What up? You heard the man. Up Next. Find it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Ain't Nobody Checking For You. I'm Cody Wilkins. That's my brother, Trevor. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. We out. Check it for me. Check it for me. Check it for me.